Yes. Little Enwardina and Little Enwardina's big sister when she was little. Yeah. Enjoyed being tickled. I. This is absurd, ludicrous. I mean, I believe you, obviously. You literally come up to me and say, God, tickle me, tickle me. Do you want a tickle fight? No, that's a nightmare for me to be to offer yeah, a tickle yeah, fight. Too. Yes, that would literally make me want to die. I hated it. Still do. And I say, well, yes, I hate me. I, I well, I up until a certain age when they rumbled me, I said, I'm not ticklish. There's no point tickling me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll tickle you if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. It is tempting to do to people like uh, to my wife. It's very tempting to like tickle her because she, I mean, she does hate it though. So it is like, you know, you're playing with fire. Like, but you know, there's a reason why the tickle discourse exists is because it is fun to do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's it. I hated being, I hated the, actual feeling of being tickled. it's horrifyingly by, but it's it's miserable but by by you know but adults did used to tickle me when i was a kid of course yeah and i kind of i like the memory of it it was nice being <laughs> it's just a way it's just that someone cared about you enough to do something yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I, they must have thought i was cute or something yeah. like, come here, you little rascal yeah Dogs like it though. Dogs like it when you sort of yeah. thump him on the Do chest. My cat, like my cat, when you like rub, when you like tickle his ass, he goes like, it like licks the air. Not his asshole. Not his asshole, but like above his tail. Uh, you know? Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very funny. Makes him lift the tail up, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to become accessible. <laughs> yeah. Great way to start the episode about the Falklands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I will. I will say this: uh, uh, the the Argentinians kind of did to at least the beginning of the conflict was sort of just tickling the British Empire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or the, yeah, the the UK at this point, I suppose. Yeah, but the, well, no, it's, it's an imperial war. True. It's the last colonial war of the British Empire, really, yeah. I guess. The last one that before it... I, I guess... It probably wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for the Thatcher-Reagan arrangement. Mm. In fact, you know that whole thing about how... Because uh, obviously Reagan and Jim Baker, who was the foreign... Who was the, what the have you, you guys called foreign Sec- secretary of state? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really didn't want it to happen. But Thatcher didn't. Think, no, Reagan and Baker oh, Re- didn't oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reagan, yes, Reagan did not. Reagan, yeah, actually, f- famously. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> um, Mark Maggie, hey, I can't do the vote. I, I thought yeah. I had practiced. I had it practiced, but now that I'm on the spot, I'm not doing it. But yeah, he was like, yeah, thanks. Please don't. Uh, oh, we got a guest. We got yeah. a guest. Way. Hang on. Hang on. But yeah, he uh, famously did ask them to maybe let Argentina have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Skipper. Hey, good to see you guys. 
We hey, are Skipper, rolling, nice so don't say, don't say anything that you don't want to <laughs> appear on sort of fringe loon video <laughs> outlets. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely the guy that needs to be censored, too. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah, you're in yes. good company. If you were, I got to let a few things fly. <laughs> you can basically say whatever you want as far as yeah no concerned, we won't but, be offended yeah. or anything for sure we don't care but you might <laughs> yeah uh but we so, we didn't really get into it we were actually discussing tickling prior to you yeah. coming on for the most part so uh no worries you didn't miss much um but uh yeah william where were we yeah we just started getting into it just said that uh you're like something of an expert on this i understand I haven't done any research for this at all because I'm just relying on the fact that I've read every book about it that's <laughs> ever been printed. So like, I don't, I just couldn't think of what to revise because I kind of know it all anyway. I'm like, sure. If you read the Wikipedia, I'll, I'll know the deets. True. I'll let me pull <laughs> it up then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I was just saying Reagan didn't really want want it to happen. No. Well, it's worth mentioning that the 1976 military junta, which wasn't the first mil- the military junta that was in charge at this time, uh, was CIA backed. Uh, and it was part of the whole Iran Contra esque, you know, um, uh, sort of. I guess that's part of Gladio. Would that be part of Gladio? I guess fighting off the uh, the well, anyway, preventing uh, leftist uh, governments from coming into power. Yeah. In, uh, Which in, was big in South America at that time. Very yes. big. Yes. Um, well, yeah, I mean, very big because literally just a few, like a few years around the same time, they did the same exact thing in Chile, too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Thatcher was big, big chums with Pinochet, Pinochet, especially after this. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, he, there's that famous quote where she said that she was a, he was a friend to England or a friend to uh, Britain. Don't forget that um, Spain was a f- fascist dictatorship up until 1975 as well. Yeah, and 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 Spain helped in, helped the UK out a lot as well. That's true. The scenes. Yeah. Well, that's why they didn't take him out of power. <laughs> Spain had a load of ex- uh, missiles that were en route to Argentina from France. Right, right. Uh, and uh, they impounded them and wouldn't let the Argentinians have them. Right. But, uh, but, but uh, so the, the, my initial point was this is this I think a lot of people miss the Cold War context of this fucking thing. Like, so number one, the only reason that Britain was able, I mean, everybody thought it was impossible to reclaim it, but the only reason Britain was able to try, I think, or a big part of it was because of that personal relationship between Thatcher and Reagan. Mm that they liked each other and that Ronnie was prepared to just go. Yeah. Like it wouldn't happen now, would it? No. Like with the state of international relations, if, if America doesn't want to, if the state department doesn't want something to happen, it doesn't happen. Right. And the thing about it is Ronald Reagan at that time was very big in his presidency about showing power because for, for an American side, we just had, uh, you know, the Iranian hostage crisis, which had right. just been solved. It was pretty much the catalyst that that got Carter removed. So Reagan was very big on showing that, no, America is in control. We are the leaders. So, yeah, um, in fact, yeah. But I I think what what Britain did is kind of do like an Israel type move, which is like 
get themselves involved. And then I think that there's a strategic reason for the US not wanting Britain to get involved in this and just let it go mm-hmm. because they didn't think they could win. Uh, and it <laughs> makes NATO look bad. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, the Russians were watching it. The, Rus- it. the whole South Atlantic was full of Russian submarines watching everything that was going on. True. And, and also, as I understand it, um, Argentina had Soviet back channels. Uh, yes, that's uh, that's a good point. Uh, but uh, Argentina had back channels to the Kremlin, and th- to the to the extent that they um, expected uh, they expected the USSR to veto uh, the debt, like the condemnation in the UN. Uh, yeah. But they fucking bad. They flaked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so. But my take, when I first sort of started looking at it, my the, one of the first takes I came up with it was, and this is kind of, this is a, like a 20-year-old take on my part. So, you know. <laughs> You're dusting this one off the shelf. I'm dusting this one off. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's worth thinking about. You don't hear people say it, even though I'm not sure I, I'm 100% on board with it anymore. But what about this? Everybody says that sort of the Vietnam War, because of the way it went down, just made the Cold War longer and worse. And sort of it it was a, a big L for the Western capitalist powers. And that pumped the communist tires up and and but yeah, you know, they won, so you know it was it was a W for them. What's your take? Because I have an actual rebuttal yeah. to what that that stance is. Sure, but I'm saying if you if you accept that, then the the Falklands is the opposite of that. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, it's hey, we uh, still got it. <laughs> yeah, and it, I, th- you know, that could have gone a lot a long way towards making the Soviets realize that it they had to deal. Yeah, but it, it, it was a good, a good idea to take you know Ronnie's Ronnie Reagan's peace advances seriously. Right. Yeah. I mean, also the economy, the wheels were falling off that shit. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was but falling <laughs> off here. It's not stopping them. Yeah, I know. Wars, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And honestly, it was a really good contrast because at the same time, Russia was in Afghanistan yeah. and they thought they were going to win and just a matter of days and they were still stuck in Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, here we have a 79 day conflict that is, you know, over very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it's like, it's very rare post-World War II. It was the first amphibious war, proper amphibious invasion. (laughs) First and second amphibious invasion since the World War II. Yeah. Um, what I was gonna say it's also I think it was like a uh, it was a like a the stepping stone between like your World War Two where it's like all encompassing your entire country's fighting the war basically yeah uh, and also to a lesser degree Vietnam too where it's like a real polarizing thing but it's more transferred over it's it's now to what it is now which it's like a, it's out of our daily consciousness almost it's in between well, those two so it's in a in a way it was almost pre-Napoleonic because they kept the civilians out of it almost entirely I mean they, yeah. they didn't the Argentines didn't treat the civilians great 
you know, they, yeah. <laughs> they made him stay home. As, they treated him like, yeah, like they were Argentinians. Yeah. But they, <laughs> That's they, what was uh, going on back in Argentina, dude. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. They, yeah, they they didn't I don't think any civilians got killed. None, zero. Yeah. Which is amazing considering there was naval bombardments and Yeah. And, that's true, yeah. On both sides. Yeah. And I can't imagine that the fucking sleepy ass Argentinians are gonna be amazing. Uh, all- no, there's not many there's- civilians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's easy to they, they made them the Argentines made them all stay in one place. No, it's made them all stay at home and they just the British have managed to aim the naval guns well enough not to hit any private houses. It was pretty fucking sick. Well, it really. seems like they were like pretty restrained throughout because of that, because yeah. of the the civilians there. And like, yeah, that was handled well, frankly. I mean, like, I could easily see them accidentally wiping out a bunch of people and be like, that's why she goes, mate. You know, like that yeah. would have been the way they <laughs> they fucking dealt with it, you know. But they didn't. So, so good for them. Yeah. And uh, the other thing with it is, and, and again, this really goes against my take on virtually every other war. I'm, I'm not saying it was a good war, but in its own terms, like especially as it's just a colonial war over over some fucking possession miles away. Yeah, from both places. It's about as justified, I think, in terms of like the modern liberal order in its own terms. It's as justified as any war has ever been. Yeah. The recapture of the Falklands. And and the, the just I, I've read the Argentine books on, on it as well. And their justification for their sovereignty claim is fucking bullshit. Yeah. That's a good that's a good didn't even talk about that in the British media. No, they don't. They didn't in many of the documentaries no. you watch about it now either. Um but yeah, let's uh let's a good good opportunity for us to rewind all the way to the back of this. Uh, yeah. to the Argentinian question, which yeah. is what the fuck is Argentina and what the fuck is the Falklands? Um, yeah. Argentina is, well, it's na- it's the land of silver, despite there not really being any there. Um, uh, well, the reason all. was is because Bolivia had sil- the, uh, like a huge silver mine in it, and Bolivia used to be part of our, what was called Argentina. Now it's right. not. Um, there was like, a, and we're gonna. I would love to do an episode on just all the it different. It's literally war- called Moneyland. Yes, dude, it's Silverland, <laughs> dude. Cool it. <laughs> well, in France they call money argent. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Italy too. Um, but uh, what's I gonna say? Which is by the well, whatever. Let's uh, we've talked about that in the other show. Dar- Dario Argento, and it's like yeah. a, a filmmaker when his last name is Money. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even in Italy. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, what's it called? Um, yeah. So Argentina. So I would like to do an episode on like the history of how all these borders happen because this is fascinating. Like they have these huge, b- brutal fucking jungle wars. Uh, where they carved out what would be Bolivia, Uruguay, all these places. Um, but uh, but here's the thing with Argentina. At the I saw this stat in 1895, and in America and Argentina, the average citizen made the exact same amount of money. Yeah. Fucking crazy. This should have been the Canada of <laughs> South America. Um, yeah. It was stuffed to the gills with uh, Germans, which is what the main stock of America is, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, they provided all Italians. the beef for all the armies in the World War One. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> they're basically grew beef for the whole fucking world. Yeah, other than America, because America is like yeah. the home of beef, <laughs> of mass-produced yeah. beef at any rate. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so this should have been. But here's the problem. And this is my. I was say, telling this to my wife downstairs about uh, before we before I came up here. Um, that stat about them making the same amount. And she's like, "Well, what happened?" And I'm like, "They're Spanish." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't get it together, and yeah. they were just too fucking corrupt to get yeah, their I mean, shit together. I don't know if you've noticed this, Skipper, but name a. Can you name a country where the main language is Spanish? That isn't absolutely fucked. Uh, Castile. <laughs> That's probably the closest. But like, here's a, it's a great case. But here's it's a perfect fucking A B test here. Brazil and Argentina. They're yeah. they're close. They're not quite the same size, but they're like they're similar topography. They have areas yeah. of similar mm-hmm. topography. One was settled by the Portuguese, and one was settled by the Spanish. And don't get me wrong, Brazil is corrupt. But yeah. Argentina takes it to a whole nother fucking level with the corruption. <laughs> and like Brazil yeah. kind of has its shit together a little bit. Like, yeah, although it's still poorer than Argentina. I suppose, yeah. There's, yeah. There's, and you know, with Americans, I don't think they even understand because, yeah, we've got corruption here, but it's nowhere on the scale that you'll yeah, see yeah. in other countries. Yeah. Th- and, you know, once you once you start traveling around the world, you realize, Oh, some of these countries like corruption absolutely runs everything. Yeah, the, yeah. the government's just in place. The corruption actually runs it. I, yeah, well, it- I mean, honestly, the, the, it, there are certain. There's ways of looking at it. That, like, there's a reason a lot of American expats are going to Mexico is because it's it's corrupt. It's, the corruption is at a lower level. Right. That's so, exactly yeah, what the point the I was going to make. In America, yeah. it's just as corrupt, but the corruption here is that they eat kids. And yeah. there, they just want to get like cash to hand it to the you to like, get to do things. You know, what yeah, I mean? it's the same thing. The, the corruption is right at the top of the pyramid. Yes, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All those all those peons at the bottom have just got to keep throwing money up. Whereas in the Spanish economies, everybody takes a little cut as they're passing it up. Yeah, yeah. Which in a way is preferable. I mean, yeah, at least you know what you're dealing with, dude. There's no yeah. lying. It's very honest, this type of corruption. So I will say <laughs> that. I'll give that to the Argentinians. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah. So uh, and yeah, so a big, big because they were like crushing it up until the 1920s, which uh, they're smashed with the fucking Great Great Depression, which was global, obviously. But they yeah. never really recovered from that because they had been. Um, well, first of all, they, they just they mis- literally made a deal with the devil. <laughs> oh yeah the british yes that's right yeah. never trust the british empire dude they yeah. always stab you in the back yeah they did a deal where um they would actually the british would uh, would export and ha- have control over all of their beef which is their main export um worldwide and they would only do business with them so basically that's like oh we just cartelized your beef on our behalf yeah, <laughs> which is basically what what the American Revolution was about was about arrangements. All the, the War of eighteen twelve was about arrangements mm. like that, where mm-hmm. you've got to all your shit's got to come through our. Yeah, ports, they, they ports didn't learn any else. new tricks. It was the yeah. same playbook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but of course, you know, the elites get paid off. They they're doing very well. Don't give a fuck. 
Yeah. It's like that sort Yeah, of... they're Spanish. They're corrupt. They don't give a fuck about yeah. that kind of thing. And then like this another thing was like they have this really firmly entrenched like um like ca- not cast in like the Indian sense, but like sort of caste like system where it's like very class based and like the but... rich like own the like landowners and shit, like like they they expect to take a huge cut of the of like the spoils, essentially. Yeah, it's like pre-feudalism. Yes, it's like yeah, yeah. feudalism. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and Mexico is just like this, by the way. It's not like a crazy thing. I'm, yeah, but it's, I'm it's exacerbated here. in all the like um, Spanish American yeah territories <laughs> because they interbred with the the Indians. With yeah, the, the Indians. Well, in Jones. I was going to say the S word. <laughs> <laughs> With the bloody savages. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they interbred. So that gives them even more sort of lower classes of different. Right. Like, yeah. Race. They can literally we, see the difference. Yeah. They've got like, <laughs> we did, we did an episode, Skipper. I, I hope this doesn't distress you too much, but we did, we did an episode about the, those, um, cartel, the femicides in. Oh, Juarez. yeah. That was fucked up. Juarez from hilarious episode. It was, yeah, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Combines true crime with misogyny. It's brilliant. So, yeah, go back and listen to that one, listener, if you haven't heard it. Uh, But I brought up the question on that episode, which was years ago, and I can still remember bringing up this question, is how come some, like these two kinds of Mexicans, there's the the kinds who look like the guy who played Pablo Escobar in... uh, in narcos, you know, like curly hair, gold necklace, yeah, sort of Al Pacino, latte coloured skin, yeah. sort of thing, or white, uh, uh, and they basically look Spanish. And then there's another kind that look like they've got Down syndrome. <laughs> What's the difference? And it's and our guest who was from Texas explained it to me. Oh, it's just it's just to do with uh, how miscegenation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you that, that they were a, building to something bigger than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there I, was I, that. Saw, I saw I saw a chart somewhere that had it was like an official official racism pamphlet which had pictures of all these different. Oh, types from the of, from the like the 1600s in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that before too. Yeah, of all the different types of dago you could be ranked in <laughs> order of <laughs> precedence. <laughs> <laughs> Because they don't, I mean, I and they, they kind of have that in Spain as well. Yeah, but I, I think it's more just to do with like breeding. If you if you're from peasant stock or yeah, yeah, stock. yeah, it's just an extension of feudalism. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But that's the other thing. Like Spain, like itself, is not a it's not a people like England is. No, you know what I mean. Like, I get. I bet in Spain, it's how much muzz you've got in you, how much of the could old, be. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's all mixed, isn't it, in Spain yeah. as well? lots of Jews too, by the way, mixed in there, yeah. conversos. There's a bunch of names that are just like, oh, yeah, they're Spanish, but like they're you, and we're Catholic, by the way, but like we know Quinones, way if you go. You yeah, yes, Quinones <laughs> is one, yes. Um, but also, uh, there's a couple that I've, um, um, fuck, Perez, by the way, is one. Did is you it? know that? No. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah. So the Falklands, yeah. So the Falklands is in the middle of fucking Atlantic Ocean. It's like the a- it's like the Azores, but for further south. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's not that far from. 
That's pretty well, far. It's, it's like 500 it, miles away. <laughs> yeah, it's I, over 200 miles away. Yeah. I thought it was yeah, I thought oh, it was 500 kilometers. Yeah. My bad. Sorry, 500 yeah. kilometers away. I thought it was 500. Yeah, miles so away. that's three. That is 300 miles. Okay. So you're right, Skipper. Uh, and like, it's not right there. Like you. No, have- it's pretty. It's a little <laughs> non-intuitive that they would get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and that whole southern portion of Argentina is very questionable anyway, because like the right to the east coast of the northern part of the southern bit, it, it is Chile anyway, and it's all disputed that yeah. they're, they're always at war with yeah, Chile. Yeah, they're at war with Chile all the over, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over those islands. And it's named, by the way, Patagonia, that area, yeah. because it's referring to a mythical giant people, by the way, for all of our yeah. Tartarian enjoying uh, listeners, yeah. by the way. <laughs> um, well, I know. So I, I've read this book called um, Sailing Alone Around the World by a guy called Joshua Slocum. Which was written in the late 19th century. It's a travel travel book about a guy who sailed a load of, around the world. And when he, so he's got a really good account of sailing through there because sailing. when when people say they sail around Cape Horn, they don't really sail around it. They go in amongst all those Patagonian yeah, islands, yeah, 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 try and stay out of the worst of the weather because where the Pacific and the Atlantic meet is a right fucking nightmare. Yeah, because like it's different tidal systems and currents and shit smashing into each other. You know, you're gonna, you're, that's where actually the edge of the earth is. If you go too yeah. far in one direction, you fall off. Yeah, but anyway, what happened to Joshua Slocum when he was going through that? It was, I, I was telling little M. Wardina, that's my daughter, Skipper. I was telling little M. Wardina, who's eight, about it yesterday uh, or the day before yesterday. Uh, and basically, so he, he got in among the islands and sailed around and like, didn't have an engine in his boat or anything so like had to spend a few nights going through that that passage mm-hmm. and uh so you have to find anchorages but these engines all over the place mm. around there and they they've been ever since people started sailing through there they've been figuring out ways to get on your boat and kill you and steal all yeah, your like stuff. somalian pirates yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he he had all that to deal with. So he had this massive. I mean, honestly, he could have written a book just about getting through there. And then when he got out the other side of it into the Pacific, yeah, this massive northerly gale came on and blew him all the way down the coast again, down around the outside. And he had to go. He ended up having to go back east and north and go through the whole fucking thing again. And it all happened again. <laughs> Unreal. Fuck, dude. <laughs> You gotta um, think at some point you think maybe this single-handed sailing lark. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Um, it's like uh, that. Remember that that time uh, when Homer decides to swear off religion and uh, the house is burning down, and he uh, jumps out the window mm. and he bounces off of the thing and falls like right back, bounces back through the window, <laughs> in back into the burning house. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. That was though. a great episode. <laughs> Actually, on one of the only based Simpsons episodes, because the message of it is that you shouldn't say fuck religion. Yeah. That's the only one of the only good message of Simpsons they've episodes. Come, they've come a long way since then, haven't they? Yes, they have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not all that close. And basically, their, their claim to sovereignty. Over, yeah, should we try to go through the chronology of it? I guess so. The first yeah. people there um, were, I think, the French, actually. Yeah, but nobody ever lived there. 
Yeah, they had a settlement at what where Port Henry is for a minute. Um, yeah, they had a military base. They had whaling stations and stuff like right, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was. They've been used as whaling stations periodically throughout yeah. history. But there's no. There's no Here, indigenous. The, the lighthouse yeah. operator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no. There's no indigenous people. No. So this no, is what God, makes no. it. No. It's so only like, birds. Uh, yeah. So well, the, actually, no people brought cows either. at one point, and then there was feral cows there. By the way, yeah, 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 uh, and that's actually part of the Argentinian uh, claim to it is that they would periodically go and like get cows when they would run low in a, in, back on the mainland. Yeah, they would go poach them so they could get uh, the gauchos would go like uh, take them so they could like breed them back on the mainland when t- in times of lean. Yeah, but I mean, it was a place where the I believe that at various times there were British, Spanish, and French all there at the same yeah, time. Coexisting, yes. Yeah. And none of them actually claimed it. Right, yeah. It was just they like. They all put plaques down. All three countries put plaques down. We're like, this is ours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody cared enough about no. it. No. <laughs> and eventually it got abandoned. And For a long British, time. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, so the, nobody had it. Meanwhile, the Argentines had their revolution and whatnot. Several, yeah, and they, but they they claimed it under this claim that it used to belong to Spain and whatever used to belong to Spain must belong to us. Argentina really it, it wants but doesn't want until all of a sudden the leader of the country is in some type of uh, scandal or trouble. Yeah, or something. yeah. Then it's like, oh, we we want that, and it's going to be a big issue again. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're mo- sort of morally speaking, their their strongest claim to it is that they're the nearest country to it, and it makes sense. I get that. Mm. Yeah, but it was settled by the British, by the way, it, and it's kind of like it is my favourite bit of it, British imperialism, because what they did was they set up a charter company like the East India Company or the Hudson Bay Company or whatever, one of those, and that that was granted a land monopoly on it. And it still owns it all now. Yeah. And uh, so, well, there was no like you, there was no natives to like be like we want to be doing, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, independencing. If, <laughs> if you want to live on the Falklands, you've got to have a job, because yeah, all the houses go with a job, and you can't you can't build, you can't buy. What land, was the? I know they house. had cows, obviously, but what was like the the main? Um, the main uh, industry there. Sheep. Sheep, okay, right. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of fishing. Plus, it's like a naval asset. But they, I mean, they weren't really using it for that. All they've got is this... They they used to sort of... I, they've got that... It's mainly just the last set. jumping point if you were headed to Antarctica. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it's, listen, they had to periodically go down there and close the gate to the fucking Cthulhu world. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's, staging position for that. <laughs> it's got it's got um they've got the British Antarctic Survey down there and they use it but yeah it's not it's but they used to be served by a, a regular shipping service from Argentina it used to be service supplied right. from Argentina yeah, 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 which yeah. it ain't now it's still like sanctioned by Argentina. They suck. And they don't yeah, make every, shit anymore. <laughs> well it, it would be handy to be able to get food and whatnot. Sure, uh, but they uh, the it's supplied by the British by air from 
Oxfordshire. They fly everything out there. On the, nice. The, the, I think they have two flights a week that go there from Oxfordshire. And only and, the RAF flies there. You can't get a civilian flight there. If I remember correctly, the the British foreign minister at one point was even trying to negotiate with Argentina yeah. about doing a thing like what they did with Hong Kong. Like, hey, we're going to... We'll, we'll give this to you, but after oh, so yeah. many years, and Argentina was like, oh, absolutely no, not. They we were want just not it, happy. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they didn't really want it as much as they wanted a war. Right, yeah. The, the military hunter needed a war to justify its existence because it was floundering. Right. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk yeah, a little they, bit they, about that. But, I mean, I think I do think that's another kind of Anglo-Israel type tactic. That, that I, I think that in its heart of hearts, the British establishment certainly in the 80s and from the 80s until, up until now, would dearly love to give the Falkland Islands to Argentina, but politically they can't. So, uh, and like, and they're certainly not going to do it. I, I think, I honestly, I think Galtieri's assessment that if we invade, they'll just, they'll just leave it. Was right. A very reasonable assessment. And yes. Was most likely true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't think he was an idiot for thinking that. Yeah. The, the, a lot of the way they portray this story is that like, doing, like they were like, oh, yeah. whoa, what are we going to do? They actually responded. Like there's, it was L like literally, literally everybody in the British government, including Margaret Thatcher, when the invasion happened, which we'll describe after I've said this, uh, the, Everybody in the British government thought, oh, well, that's it. There's nothing we can do about it. It was some guys at, uh, at the, whatever the naval base is in London, I can't remember what it's called, North, North Holt or something like that. Anyway, they came up with a, they came up with a plan. Yeah, the exclusion wait, zone. Wait, uh, uh, and wait, um, oh, an invasion plan. Yeah. And and they went into the, because the, the, the Royal Navy had this big issue that the, the, the Royal Marines is part of the Royal Navy, and that's Britain's amphibious fighting yeah. force. And Technically, the, so is the U.S. Marines, technically, yeah, part like, of the Navy. The following year, it was going to be dissolved. They were going to get rid of it, because in NATO plans, there's no need for there's no need for it, right? And so the, the Navy saw this as a, as a, wait a minute, we can use the Marines on this. Right, yeah, yeah. We can justify our budget one more year, yeah. Yeah. No, well, well, in perpetuity, they've the, yeah, they've still got the Royal Marines, the heroes now. Yeah. They can never be got rid of. So, yeah. like, so, so, they cooked up this plan, got it in front of Mrs. Thatcher, and she she called them in and says, "What well, can you do with this?" And they're like, "Yep, we can definitely do it. Uh, we can we can have a fleet ready to sail in two weeks," which is uh, and they did it, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, yeah. uh, well, let's talk real quick about um about uh the coup. Uh, which again, we're not going to go too much into the, uh, I, I mean, uh, to the, like the details of what was going on maybe in the country prior to it, but you know, they were a little concerned. They'd been talking to the fucking talking to the Russians a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, there'd been a, there'd been some support for left-wing causes in the country and you know what the CIA does, the Jakarta method, yeah. actually, literally what they call it. <laughs> um, and they, yeah, they had a military junta. Uh, take over, and this was not the same one that was good. That was uh, that the one we're talking about. It was a different uh, military um, three guys. It's uh, what do you call yeah. it? A triumvirate, um, and uh, they uh, th those guys. I don't even know. I guess they had been t they had been in power, but regardless, during both of those administrations, 
something was going on called the Dirty War, which was basically like the Cultural Revolution, or it basically was the same thing as the uh, as what was going on in Chile when the during the helicopter chucking and shit, yeah. where they were basically like you. Everyone was kind of looking over their shoulder for fucking six years of being like, "Am I going to get falsely accused of being a commie? I'm literally not, but yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm not going to get chucked <laughs> out of a helicopter." Like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was fucked up. And then also again, uh, also we should talk about the, the whole fucking backdrop of this, but the reason they did the coup on them was because the guy was the, the guy who was in charge was this guy named Juan Perón, who was friends with Hitler. Um, yeah. and you know, they didn't like, I mean, it, the same thing happened in fucking in Spain eventually, or I guess they just did Demo- didn't they just democratically technically he gave up power. Franco died. Oh, he just died, and they just they yeah. d- democratized. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in um, Salazar. Uh, no, who was the guy in? I want to say Salazar was in fucking um, in Port Port Portugal. It was basically another Franco. But yeah, yeah all just these- in Generalissimo Franco is still dead. God yeah. damn. <laughs> I'll have to edit that if Wikipedia you, if page. You, you know that SNL callback. <laughs> <laughs> No, that one's a little before my time, actually. Yeah. When he died, it was on a Saturday, and Saturday Night Live threw up the oh, whole show. Yeah, kept, yeah. <laughs> kept saying, oh, and Generalissimo Franco is still dead. Oh, that's kind of funny, jo- actually. A joke about uh, Franco's last words that I can re- reuse. Sure. <laughs> he, was, he was on his deathbed, and there was a big crowd outside the window, you know, paying, paying tribute. And it's kind of a hushed murmur coming in and Franco says to his aide or his nurse or whoever who's with him, he says, uh, what's that sound? And he says, um, it's the people of Spain, General Isabel. And he says, uh, what do they want? He says, well, they've come to say goodbye. And he says, where are they going? <laughs> Is that a true anecdote? I I choose to believe it. Okay, yeah, it's it. in my type of reality too now. You've told me yeah. that one before, but I forgot. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? Yeah, so um, yeah, so this was the time period. The guys who were all supported Hitler are getting taken out of power. This is what happens, you know? And also, yeah. by the way, he bungled. I also got to say, Juan Perón uh, was also, you know, like Hitler aside. Yeah, he he done goofed. He done goofed. Well, no, it's not even the Hitler shit. He had other. He like fucked up like his entire economic plan. Yeah, he expected I mean. to simultaneously do Hitler, but also be super corrupt. Which is like, I mean, like I don't think anyone thought Hitler was corrupt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but uh, fucking yeah. So he did Hitler, and then also he incorporated feminism as part of his Hitler. Yeah. What? This was doomed to fail. This yeah. was never going to work. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, so uh, after him, actually, he ended up getting back in power later, uh, but they ended up killing mm-hmm. him again. <laughs> yeah. actually, I think they killed him <laughs> yeah, the next time. He gets time. deposed the first time, and that's where... Uh, oh, this was his second time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he, he was president in 1946. Yeah, Eva Peron did the famous Madonna, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, yeah. the first yeah. time, and then she died, and he brings he comes back into power with her corpse. Right. <laughs> Believe it or not. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Into the, the presidential mansion. Wow. Wow, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, anyway. He had, her, 
He had her in a glass coffin. She'd been bombed so he could see her. That's kind of wow. based in a way. If uh, and he was remarried, so imagine sitting there having dinner with your uh, dead ex-wife and your current only wife. a Spanish guy could pull that off. Be like, yeah, oh, we miss her so much. Mijo, pass the peas. Dude, I, I was once I was once in Spain, right in Benidorm, which is a real trashy place full of English people where yeah. on cheap holidays, and. Uh, Sort of thought, I, I want to actually have some Spanish food here. So, went walking around, found this bar, and I was with my girlfriend and some young kids. And uh, we we're at this fish place. I had something to eat, and I got talking to these Spanish, they could barely speak any English, but there's like a table with like 15 Spanish guys on it, and I just got talking to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they made me have drinks and stuff. And so, the girlfriend and the children went off, and I said, All right, I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. And so I got drunk and ate fish with these Spaniards. And then uh, my phone rang. It's the girlfriend. And boy, did they give me some shit. Oh, for even answering? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, They were calling me a faggot and all sorts. Yeah. Oh, hey, his girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice girlfriend. You got that faggot. Maricon. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's pretty pretty fucking sick. Um, but anyway, yeah. what's it called? So yeah, um, the fucking CIA overthrew CIA overthrew him the second time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they put in this military who, again, you know, ironically, the Hitler guy was a lot gentler of a soul <laughs> than these guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they would. Yeah. They were South, genuine South American brutal types. Yeah, they? yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were hard. As hit, were the, hard the pipe hitting, that, you know what? Yeah. And the, as were the lot that came that deposed them as well. Because there was another one after that as well. Uh, yeah, I think oh, so. No, the, no, no, they yeah. they they democratized after this. Actually, this actually kind of precipitated them going becoming a democracy again. Actually, or democracy. Yeah, they had to after the Falklands because they, that was what brought the junta down, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of they, they had <laughs> yeah. this colossal hyperinflation environment. Everybody's pissed off. Which was, by the way, Perón's fault. Yeah. He was the one who made the hyperinflation. <laughs> he was the guy because he printed a shitload of money to try to do this like empowering women bullshit. Yeah. Dumbass. Yeah, honestly. Um, I mean, that's not going to wash with the South Spaniard, American guys. Yeah, I know exactly, yeah. dude. I mean, even <laughs> if they are, they are all Italian and German guys. Like, you're still, you're, yeah. you're not going to fucking sell them on that. They've been living in South America for a hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> They've become so, accustomed to the fucking uh, to the fucking the chauvinistic. Life. Yeah. La Dolce Vita. Yeah. <laughs> So um, yeah, that um, and they needed this. They needed a war to distract from everything else, right? And so basically, the Falklands was a thing. It was like a, an, it is an Argentine sort of meme that yeah. you should belong to. That. It was and attainable. It, it was very attainable because it was like a what was it? A dozen Royal Marines stationed on the on the island, and that was it. Eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, not far off. Yeah. And uh, so they just did an they did an amphibious landing on the beach at, at uh, Frogman, yeah, yeah, Port 
just north of Port Stanley, whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called now. And uh, and the Marines that were there put up a decent fight, but they realised that they couldn't hold out forever. They were going to run out of ammo and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so they, basically, they just yeah they just defended government house, but they and eventually they decided they'd uh, surrender because why get wiped? Exactly, yeah. And it, and it was kind of fought in that between the actual uh, military, especially the air force. Uh, there was there doesn't seem to if you read as you read around it, there doesn't seem to be any rancor between the militaries on either side. Both side both sides thought the other side fought fair, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> the Argentine public, especially in the south, doesn't feel that way. They're very. They still have a lot of rancor about it. Really? Yeah. I mean, their kids got conscripted into an army, ill-equipped, corrupt. Yeah. To shiver and get fucking shot at by Welshmen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't good for them. Yeah. Plus, they, they it's what they'd always been promised, and it was like, you know, like some people, not us, Skipper, but some people, when they saw what was happening live on January sixth, went, "Yeah!" <laughs> right, but and then it turns out like, and that's basically how they. That's what happened. That was their January sixth. Yeah, it would have been pretty much closest thing. They were to like, it. Yeah, we're finally doing we're it. We're back. Come we're on. so fucking back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that you do bring up uh, that is a very important point is uh, the the Argentinian force was about thirteen thousand, yeah. and a large chunk of them were not just conscripts but fresh conscripts. Yeah, yeah. Like people who didn't have a lot of training, didn't have. Really, yeah, that I, much experience. I think they only had one year's national service, didn't they? So, like that, you were only in for a year, so none of them were any good. Because uh, once you're in for a year, you're gone. That's not long yeah. enough, is it? Really, to become very good at anything. And uh, yeah, so they, they like. Um, oh, it's really, really sad. All around, oh, it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, that's war always. Yeah, they're is. literally slaves. Yeah, and they had no <laughs> choice in the matter. They, yeah, they didn't want to fucking fight. Yeah, like older, older professional I mean, just, British military guys. And it's always with mustaches as well. They, yeah. I mean, like, thought, wait a minute, I didn't know English guys had mustaches like <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> they have it out of the womb, though. Yeah, but it's like, fuck, dude, they've got. Put you, you know, be an Argentine conscript. Like, you don't give a fuck about. Yeah, the they were just like, oh, we're so fucking back. And then they found out the British guy. The British guy shows yeah. up, and they're like, it's over. Yeah, but isn't this the same? Every, isn't this just a story as old as time, Skipper? The, these poor kids are shivering in shit tents with no ammunition. Yeah. Meanwhile, their uncles are back at home going, "Yeah, come on!" <laughs> yeah, they're Kill literal boomers. Fuckers. Literal boomers are fucking are like, "Yes, dude." <laughs> yeah, it was a great time for the uncles back home, but a bad time for the kids in the in the tents. Do and, it for the gauchos. <laughs> yeah, and they sort of a lot a lot of sort of outrage about how the islands were treated was ginned up in the british press but it, it, compared with like most wars it was a pretty shitty occupation i'll say sure 
I mean, but, they didn't uh, really have ex. Uh, they didn't really have experience yeah. with it. As far as far as war crimes go, it's a non-starter, really. You know, some bad shit happened, but you know, uh, they made they made them start driving on the right hand side of the road. That was the that uh, was the fucking that was the so thing. So the that correct really side of the road, in other words. <laughs> this, this really made the British press go fucking crazy. They're making these poor cunts drive on the wrong side of the fucking road. And <laughs> hey, we've got to sell more minis. Yeah, and, and they were they were, they were basically wanting to bring in a load of Argentine settlers, and yeah, you know, they, they were going to drive the, the British out. But it was meant to be, you know, they were claiming it was going to be democratic and all that. Yeah, it was all typical bullshit. But I mean, they didn't murder people or anything, and. Uh, Meanwhile, it's two weeks before the British. I mean, amazing that they managed to do it in two weeks. But yeah, two. It was several days before the British even decided what they were going to do about it, and then they decided, yeah, we're going to do it. Mm. And to everybody's surprise, they they stuck to it. So they they also part of the plan was they had to use like uh, Ascension Island, which is halfway down the Atlantic and technically belongs to Britain. But they've rented it out to the CIA. Surprise, surprise! It's a spy base. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so, essentially, they used to call it the Stone Frigate because it's basically always been used. But it's always been British, and they use it as another uninhabited island that was inhabited by the British military to use to resupply warships. Basically, that's what its typical role was. And was there running water there? I think that has got fresh water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, well, brilliant, it's got then. agriculture. It's it's a it's it's basically a mountain that juts out of the sea, but on the top of it, there's like a plateau, and there's there's they farm up there on the top of it. Wow, it's, I'd like to know, like I'd a, like to live a, there. That sounds sick. I'm I'm going to do a tourism bit now. If you come, you have to pass loads of security checks and shit, but you can go. You could. If you buy a ticket and get past all your security shit, you can show up at RAF Which I, Bryce, both of us, foregone yeah. conclusion that is not going to happen. Yeah. You can show up at RAF Bryce Norton. Oh, you also have to get permission from the governor to visit Ascension Island, but they give it to you, right? Hmm. Uh, and you can get a flight, because the flight they fly once or twice a week to the Falkland Islands to Port Stanley from Bryce Norton, and it stops to refuel at Ascension Island. So you can get you, you can split your journey. So you can go and stay at Ascension Island for a week, then hop back on the plane and go to Port Stanley for a week, and then fly back again. It'd be a right fucking trip. That you'd be somewhere no one else has ever been, wouldn't you? Have you done this? No, but I, I, if I I don't really want to do any more traveling, but I'd like to do that. Just because it, it'd be fucking cool flying on an RAF jet and you know, yeah, forget it. It's not going to fucking happen. Going somewhere that you got. I'm surprised my boss to go recently to. got to take a tour of the White House. I'm surprised they let him do that. He ought to be Just, careful. Some people got taken on a tour of the White House. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> well, <a> different building, <laughs> but got, yeah, they got gulagged. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Capital. It's a White House. <laughs> they are all white. Well, they, yeah. Will they let you in on the tour if you're wearing a buffalo hat? <laughs> I think they probably would probably not. they would probably not. I don't even think they let you go in without a mask on. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's that kind of gay bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's my advert for the uh yeah, there, the so, tourism uh, to I'm expecting a cut. Island. I'm expecting a <laughs> expecting a cut for that little spot. Um yeah. <laughs> uh Skipper, yeah, obviously so, yeah. you're entitled to a little piece of that cut of that uh that ad read as well for, for yeah. suffering through it. <laughs> so the, 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 the British went on like a full military, full war footing. Basically, they commandeered a load of uh, yeah, merchant ships. ships. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thirty-two. And, uh, yeah, uh, to carry the troops. Yeah, and basically, what <clears throat> they sent down the Royal Marines. They sent down an aircraft carrier group <clears throat> to start with, so some destroyers and aircraft carriers. Basically, they scrabbled together everything they could. There's a couple of submarines as well nuclear ones and last they, time we actually had submarine warfare too yeah 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 uh and i think if i recall i think the submarines got there first and that they were just patrolling the argentine coast basically so that the, the british imposed an exclusion zone of 200 miles which is pretty fucking cheeky because it's the yeah, it basically means if you leave Argentina yeah. and head in this direction, we're going to blow gonna you up. Yeah, nuke you up. Yeah, it was the, the, it's also known as the Hillary Clinton method. Yeah. But remember, there was no if you recall satellite. the the no fly zone over Syria. Yeah, yeah. what an insane they, thing! They didn't they didn't have enough they didn't have the uh, navigation balloons deployed in the southern hemisphere at what? that time. Oh, you mean the uh, navigation? So there was no, Do you mean the, there was uh, no satellite navigation. Yeah, so the balloons, all, yes, obviously. That's yeah. what you mean, yes. There's no balloon navigation. So yeah. it was uh, it was um, it was all old school. And uh, so the um, the ships cut the the ships stop at Gibraltar, stop at Ascension. They're getting, they're moving aircraft down to Ascension. They're, they're fucking, they're mobilizing. This takes a long time. I mean, and it's a bit of a hike. And they, but they've only just got time to do it and get there before the winter sets in when they're not going to be able to fucking do fuck all. Yeah. Because the sea's going to be too bumpy. It's fucking shit down there. It's horrible in winter down there. Yeah, it's on the edge of uh, the earth. Yeah, I think it's, what, what, when was the Argentine invasion? April. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it's just coming into. And they were. It's told, autumn, isn't it? They could not use any South African bases. Like that was a complete non-starter. South Africa was like, we want no part of this. Yeah. So. And also, like, it'd, be a me, bit, it'd be a bit. Like, sorry, it'd be a bit rich to use to ask to use South African ship, given that we're fucking boycotting <laughs> them and and all that at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not letting them compete in the Olympics and shit. Well, for me as a military officer, logistics officer specifically, yeah. you know, we study maritime prepositioning, and this was like supply on the go. Like, yeah. as everybody's moving is when you're literally dropping everything off to them, like yeah. on the ship as it's moving. Yeah, it was it was crazy how the uh, and this did cause some problems. I, I believe it caused uh, there was so, the problem with one of the ships, wasn't there, that where. They lost two helicopters. They lost a lot of equipment because of they stowed it in the wrong order and stuff like that, didn't they? They couldn't get their helicopters off. Yes. Yeah, you got to put in the yeah. well of these ships. You have to play a game of Tetris because yeah. certain things can be stored at certain levels, and you you need to be able to not only load it but offload it in a certain 
uh, way as well. Speaking as someone who used to play in a band that did a little bit of traveling, I think I know. I'm basically a veteran, (laughs) essentially. Um, (laughs) Thank you for your service. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they they had it. Yeah, that was what it was. They they had a a number of, I don't know how many, but part of the plan was to take a number of Chinook helicopters with them yeah, and to use them it's to ferry the very difficult to cross. It's like literally like you, you mentioned before that, that Ascension Island is like a, a mountain sticking out of the water. Like this is the top of a, a group of mountains that stick out of the water. Yeah. But it's very low light. It, the Falcons is really low light. It's not very high. Yeah. But, but it's it so looks, w- it's pointy though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it has got mountains on it. That's yeah. where most of the fighting happened. Yeah. Uh, but, they uh so it's, it's almost like uh, like by the time they got to shooting right firing rifles at each other it was like the sort of uh old indian campaign you know the kyber pass sort of thing they were yeah. they were fucking like, dodging behind rocks on mountaintops and shit and popping at each other yeah and the boars did crazy. that too they get the boars yeah. fought them like that too yeah and the yeah. other thing about this war that's very fascinating is because the Falklands are so far south and because this was happening in the summer, you had a longer daytime and a much shorter nighttime. Now, why that's important militarily is for us Western forces, the biggest thing that we have in terms of advantage is night vision goggles and better night radar. And it made it completely uh, an even playing field in those senses because yeah, yeah. we couldn't really use those to the yeah pretty much because like if it's, so what uh, when did the British invasion happen would that be that would have been it was probably May wasn't it by the time of the British uh, invasion I think May first yeah so it's like it's starting to I mean it's that's the middle of autumn so it's it's starting to get a bit darker at that point but that but it's still it's not like really short nights at that time of year is it. It's not like really long, yeah, not yet. Not yet. I mean, like, but obviously that the the, the main naval thing about not wanting to, they didn't want to do it in the winter in the navy because of the fucking sea, and uh, so that the, their idea was to do the landing with these Chinook helicopters, but the, the Chinook helicopters didn't make it. It got sunk. Uh, Two of them got sunk, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and the other ones they couldn't get them off the ship or something. It, it was it was a fucking nightmare. <clears throat> so yeah, this was like a series of travails and triumphs. Yeah. Like that's really yeah, what the it was, the story it was is. Yeah, because they'd never planned for it. They'd planned to fight uh, Russia in Ukraine. Yeah, they hadn't fa- planned to do an amphibious thing. That they were talking about getting rid of their capability to do it. They were talking about getting rid of the air ca- aircraft carriers. They were talking about getting rid of the fucking uh, Royal Marines, uh, and that was event- eventually what they knew. They also used the the Welsh Guards because the army wanted to get involved in it as well. So that it was a, the Welsh Guards got loaded onto these uh, civilian ships and, and shipped down there. And and I do but, want to point out this was uh, the most recent uh, UK sinking of an american ship because they sank the the ara general bagrano used to be yeah, yeah that was the uss phoenix and was yeah. sold to argentina oh, yeah it was their it was their flagship wasn't it do you not happen to skipper do you happen to know what the the uss phoenix did when it was in american um, service it was it was a world war ii uh 
uh, ship. I believe, yeah, it was a battleship, or I'm sorry, a light cruiser. Right. Um, and yeah, was decommissioned in. Did it like uh, was it in any battles though? Uh, I believe it was. Uh, You're looking. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Because it, it, it was at the end of World War II where it, it made its service. Or, or actually, no, it, it survived uh, Pearl Harbor. Right. Wow, okay, damn. Wow. Oh, that's that's it, a story it, chip right there. It was in Pearl Harbor, retrofitted, and then made it back out at the end of World War II. Right, okay. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, I was going to wonder because I, I feel like um, the name just it made my eyebrows raise. Um, yeah, the Phoenix thing—it's just kind so of. Well, it did f- rise, but it did, rose from the ashes of Pearl Harbor. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's mm. what they. Maybe they renamed it into that. Mm. That's very but, interesting. So she, it, she was called the General Belgrano at this point. Yes, and yes, basically this was the last naval action of the that involved Argentina of of the war because they had their they had a small fleet of old ships. Uh, that they did have a number of diesel electric submarines as well, which got up to some action. Very quickly, their naval superiority was knocked yeah, out. Was yeah. gone, um, yeah. However, during the course of the war, the British forces never really did acquire complete air superiority. No. And that's yeah. why this is such a fascinating war, because there was a lot of air versus naval battles. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so, yeah. Absolutely. I'm I mean, sure that, everyone real... listening to this is familiar with the documentary video game 1942, <laughs> <laughs> where you shoot yeah. the boats uh, from the, if you recall, it's the top down shoot 'em up, uh, and you shoot the boats from the plane. <laughs> yeah. The, so they had these, the, the Argentine, air, well, the Navy basically. Was like talking about the arcade game, just so you guys know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They were they were flexing about the, uh, the the Argentine Navy was sort of doing a little dance around the edge of the exclusion zone, and there's it's very close to Argentina where this happened. The Belgrano came out of harbour and set a course it it was being shadowed by the i forget the name of it but a, a british nuclear submarine uh, and they so the submarine was shadowing the belgrano and she changed course on a course which was going to if she stayed on that course was going to take her over a, a, a sandbank shallow area where the where the submarine couldn't go without revealing itself or risking revealing itself and it's heading towards the exclusion zone. So they just sank it outside the exclusion zone and yeah. 800 guys died. Uh, but apparently, uh, according to one of the videos I watched by Lindy Beige, who, by the way, is the guy who got the exclusive interview with the British SAS guy that came back from uh, Ukraine and admitted right. that the uh, and admitted that the Ukrainians like don't give a shit about them and they're just sending them into a meat grinder. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what's it called? Um he mentioned that in recent years they have uh, like a similar thing to the Freedom of Information Act there that were all um, all not critical pieces of documentation about intelligence stuff gets revealed every 30 years. So uh, at in the 90s, no, sorry, in the 2000s, uh, the British government 
declassified the fact that they had intercepted the fact that the Belgrano had orders to just attack the fleet. Um, And so it was a completely justified attack in every way. So there's no at all fucking um, controversy around that. Everybody agrees it was a good shooting, even the like Argentine. I think there was a teensy at the time. I think there was a teensy bit of of, of controversy about it. Oh, there definitely was that that it was played politics with. But yeah, you know, and I know that whatever that the British intelligence knew damn well what the Belgrano's orders were. Yeah, yeah, nobody, nobody says that, but the Americans will have known and they will have told the British. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah, I believe it was the Chileans who took that though. That was the that's the yeah, reason why maybe, it was yeah. it was actually a secret because they weren't supposed to be in coordinate. It's also another side thing here, by the way, is that the fucking um that the originally before the Falklands thing, the um the Argentinians wanted to fight the Chileans, but the Pope yeah. stopped them. <laughs> That, that, honestly, but he was like, he's like, you're both Catholic countries. You can't be doing these. And what was also funny was that the, especially these early stages of the war, like when the Belgrano was uh, sank, the Argentinian news was talking about how they were just decimating yeah. the British fleet. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like it's uh, like North Korea. The Navy didn't do much, but it. it uh, I think did I, I don't want to go I don't want to go off on a tangent of South Georgia and all that shit, but there was some shit went down in South Georgia involving an Argentine submarine. I think but, they just uh, got fucking they hit one they hit one British ship and then they they sank yeah. it. It was sank yeah. in, in return, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's not go but, on I mean, the tangent. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was part I mean, of the conflict are, though. Yeah, but it is horrific. Like it, in fact, no that might have been the one now. where the uh, helicopters got sunk. If I'm thinking, if I'm remembering it correctly. No, the, uh, well, the, there were some helicopters lost there that got frozen up on the ice. Okay, nice. Yeah, the, the, they basically they put they put some guys ashore, and, sent, uh, and the helicopter that dropped them off crashed in a like an ice storm, and then they, they it was a fucking shit show getting the survivors out. And the the one thing the Argentinians did have was in Stanley they had several uh, surface to air missile sites, right. so that's how they were able to keep a lot of the British air power at yeah. bay. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the British the RAF wasn't able to destroy those positions ever. They weren't ever. Well, the RAF was the RAF wasn't really involved. Well, right. um, yeah, the, it was only involved in one thing. But the, yeah, the, the the navy the navy airplanes. pilots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, but they're not there. They're yeah. not there yet. But yeah, they 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 got there first. The carrier group got there first. Yeah. To the uh, and they uh, so in uh, Sandy Woodward, who Sandy Woodward was the admiral who was in charge of the fleet, and he was old school. He he went in the navy age thirteen as a midshipman. That's just like the same as what Nelson did, right? So that they were still doing that. Of course, they don't do that anymore. They just get some. I get out of liberal arts college and make him an admiral. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy was the real, there was the real deal. And his priority was we don't lose these ships. Right. And, and so the, the units, so basically the army who were all in the, and the, 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 na- the naval units that were deployed in amongst the Falklands 
referred to referred to the carriers as the South African Air Force because they were so close to South Africa where, yeah. they, were, where they were flying from because they wanted to make good and damn well sure that they were out of range of Argentine air power. And, but obviously the rest of the fleet couldn't do that because they had to take the Falklands. And the air power from, as launched from uh, Stanley, did exist they had those what those um they had those propeller driven aircraft you'll i, I can't remember what they were called uh, and that but the the jets that carried the ship busting missiles the harriers no the the uh, what the argentines had. oh the argentinians yeah yeah they uh they actually had to retrofit all their uh, equipment because they couldn't the bombers couldn't get high enough for mm. a bombing run so what they mm. had to do was then change their bombs so that they could be dropped from a lower level and that's uh with the uh oh, what was the the british ship that was uh it was damaged and then sank it was because the bomb hit hit it yeah uh, impacted the the hull of the ship but didn't explode immediately until after part of the crew. The yeah, that happened a lot. That happened yeah. a lot because, like, the, so. But these these bombs weren't dropped by aircraft based at Stanley. They were dropped by aircraft from Punta Arenas, which yeah. is which is basically Cape Horn, uh, and uh, so these were French Mirage jets that were coming screaming in, and uh, they had other jets as well that dropped these five hundred pound bombs. But they had the they had like airdrop fuses and yep. they, they had to come in so low to get under the british Bugs radar. Bunny had to light them himself yeah. as he dropped them but it was uh, it was a if you read any of the accounts from the <laughs> <laughs> it, it, if, if you read any of the accounts from the naval the british navy or uh air force guys they say that the argentine pilots were fucking amazing the amount of hits they got without without yeah. those like ancient munitions those guys are professionals yeah, they were. Yeah, I've yeah. Got my notes here. Lord Craig, uh, he was the marshal of the Royal Air Force, was said to have remarked, uh, six better fuses and we would have lost." Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because like, lots of ships got hit with bombs that didn't go off. Yeah, there was one that went off while it was being defused. Yeah, uh, yeah, but then plenty of them did go off as well <laughs> like there was yeah. some real fucking horrible thing but and a lot of the ships were right there in the strait right in between the two islands that's which right yeah made it very easy to set Called yourself bomb up on a bombing alley. run yeah, yeah. because yeah, of yeah, yeah. that incident yeah <laughs> and, and so they eventually decided they were going to do the landing in san carlos water which is on the western coast of the eastern island right uh, that means they got to uh, trudge through the muck and rocks all yeah, the way the through. Yeah, the original the original plan had been to to land south of Port Stanley, but they 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 couldn't do that for yeah. one reason or another. In the meantime, we should tell the story of the RAF raid on it because that was fucking amazing. Uh, oh, when they the, they blew up, they made it so they couldn't uh, they couldn't hit the uh, the they couldn't launch planes from Port Stanley. Yeah, yeah, they. they they managed to hit the runway at Stanley with one bomb at a cost of about a hundred billion squillion bazillion jillion pounds. Yeah. Because they had these old like nuclear era bombers called Vulcans, which look fucking 
Ace and all and and Victors and Vulcans were these British made jets from the nineteen fifties that were supersonic fucking shit hot things that were designed to go and drop nukes on Moscow, right? And they'd never done anything except like do really well in bomb aiming competitions and stuff like that. They were pretty good, right? Uh, and they still had them all. These were all just about to be decommissioned as well. They moved them all to Ascension, which got a fucking massive airport, right? And they basically got the whole fleet of them, more or less, and fueled them all up. So it was like, I don't know, uh, it, it was something like 25 Victors and five Vulcans. And they launched all those at the same time with all the Vulcans loaded with bombs to go from Ascension direct to Stanley, bomb it, and come back again. But <clears throat> they didn't have it. They had the Victors were refueling other Victors. They were just there for refueling, and they were, they were refueling each other just so that there'd be one there, so there'd be one left to give the one surviving, because they knew some of the Vulcans would go wrong and stuff. The, the plan was only for one of them to get there, but they were just going to choose which one it was going to be on the way. And so they say, right, okay, you go back, you go back. Uh, and then, so it gets to, it gets down to there's just one Vulcan and one Victor, and the, the Victor puts its last load of fuel into the Vulcan, and it goes off, and it manages to hit the runway with one of its bombs. And then about the same time the, ref, the last refueling is being done on that, Another load of the the other victors have gone back, filled their tanks up again, and they're coming back to meet it on its way back and refuel it on its way back. It's fucking ridiculous. They didn't blow up the planes that were there, though. No, 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 no. no. I mean, it was really just symbolic because, like, the the actual runway damage. I think really what stopped the stopped them launching jets from there was that they couldn't really get them there. Mm. And they were—they didn't want them to be on the ground there, getting getting nuked by Harriers. Yeah, because they had these like vertical takeoff uh, Harrier jets on on the aircraft carriers, and they did have—they had like uh, Wessex seeking helicopters and shit like that on on the on the all the ships. So it wasn't like they didn't have helicopters; they just didn't have the big heavy troop transport helicopters. Right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and. Yeah, they did do some pretty, but the, the Harrier jets weren't supersonic, and the the Argentinian Mirage jets were. So it was like, it was like old fashioned World War Two dogfight yeah. style fighting in in uh, Top Gun era. Yes, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the Argentine equipment was better, but they didn't have as much of it, and it was too far away. Yeah. And also, they they're also, too sleepy to be good. Yeah. Plus, well, no, the pilots were, I, but the kidding. ground crew. But the, I don't think the ground crews were great. I, I think, no, probably not. I think that's why the fuses were set wrong because it wasn't that the fuses they had wouldn't do it; it was they were set wrong mm-hmm. for the job. So either the ground crews weren't aware of the method of deployment that was going to be used, or they were just crap. Yeah, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just shitting on the Argentinians. I no, like them. They, they're they're kind of cool. Despite you know I, what happened to them, their air force was fucking did a great job. Yeah, right. But uh, the other major sort of newsworthy 
fuck up that happened was when the Welsh guards arrived, they sent them round to, uh, sent some of them round to a place called Teal Inlet, which is in the northeast, which is this sort of massive fjord. And this, oh, we're going to unload them here. And uh, this was after the first part of the invasion had happened. But, and basically, due to like, military snafu fuck ups and oh no my orders are you're not allowed to get off the ship the the fucking soldiers ended up just sitting on these tr- on these landing uh, these uh personal landing mm-hmm. ships like sitting ducks for hours and hours and hours and uh there was a, a royal marines officer there who was who, who was like fucking wigging out at, but the, the captains of the ships were no, my oh, the, the no, the, it was the Welsh Guard's own officers were saying, No, our orders are to wait here. And they just got fucking, they just got Chewed melted up. by the, yeah, they got absolutely fucking annihilated by the Argentine Air Force. Totally avoidable. But ain't that just the fucking military life for you, anyway? Yeah. First rule of amphibious warfare mm. get on the beach and move in. <laughs> Don't wait. Yeah. And so, yeah, because you're in a, I mean, it was horrible. And, uh, but meanwhile, I mean, the, they were in Bomb Alley for a few days before they actually did the fucking, oh no, it's, yeah, they did, they did the, they did the, uh, the landing at, um, what is it, San Carlos, unopposed. There, there was just like um, an observation point on the top of the hill on the point they didn't do anything and th- so they they got ashore easy right and and then basically they they had a battle at goose green which history tells us they shouldn't have bothered with they should have just yeah. ignored it but uh, as i understand it um the uh it was like all the way to thatcher that was like no 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 we need like a win people are starting to watery if this is like yeah. if this is worth it and because the the, the, the most heroic well, it wasn't a failure because the British did win the Battle of Goose Green. He died, end, though. Yeah. The loss, yeah. But uh, H. Smith, he was called, wasn't he? Colonel. Yeah. Uh, in the Parachute Regiment. But, of and, course, by the way, also, again, the the government, again, fucking them over by reporting on yeah. the BBC. Yeah. Fucking BBC. That they were going I mean, to attack Goose Green. Tomorrow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, have you, dude? Have you heard of OPSEC? How does the History Homos podcast Telegram group have better OPSEC than the fucking the British, the British military? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's outrageous. What the, the BBC shouldn't have done that. No, I mean, like it, it's it's but I mean, blazing hot take right there. By the way, that they shouldn't have done it. <laughs> well, that's only if you think the BBC is supposed to like help you. No, but they were really, trying to help it, fucking the government to get reelected. Yeah, they. They glory in in like working class blokes getting pulverized yeah. by ammunition. You know, I mean, they do it. They, they glory in the glory in it all the time. That's what they do. Yeah. The whole media, especially does now, the BBC's no fucking now different. more yeah. than ever. Now more than the last my yeah. entire life. Have they have there's never been a time in my life where there's been more saber saber rattling. I got it uh, reversed uh, saber rattling for war than I've ever experienced, even in fucking the yeah. run up to Iraq, too. Yeah. So th- this parakeet was it Smith or Jones? I think it was Smith. Okay. Well, yeah. So he uh, 
Yeah, Howard Jones was a pop star, wasn't he? <laughs> he he, he uh, the the uh, attack on Goose Green stalled, and he just led it. He just he just stood up and said, "Follow me," and got his fucking head blown off. Yeah, and, uh, they won though. Uh, well, yeah. again, it's just like we were talking about before, but. It was conscripts versus like thirty-nine-year-old fucking you know lifelong military career guys who had been yeah. training for such a thing happening their whole military their entire adult life. Yeah, and and especially uh, they're like the tier one operator. It's basically SEAL Team Six for fucking yeah, the, for the, the UK. The guys that landed at um, at San Carlos were because they were the Paras and the fucking yeah, Marines. Para two, yeah, yeah and and, uh, and they were like. They were fucking... I've read books by those guys. They were fucking delighted to be there. I bet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Welsh Guards, not so much. Because, they, you know... Well, they... You join the Welsh Guards, you expect to... You know, you expect a career of changing the oil in trucks and, you know, yeah. peeling potatoes and things. Not not, <laughs> not... not what... Not just being told to sit You're in You're expecting a, a Joe Cumio military service. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, the, I mean, that, this is the thing that the... The paras and the marines were better led is the main thing. You know, like, right, like they yeah, weren't yeah, yeah. told to just sit on the ships and get bombed. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, but the, the, they also, there was another big propaganda thing, which isn't really recorded in, in the history books at all, because I think it was bullshit. But the, the, there was, the British media was pushing this propaganda that they, because I, I think th there was another landing of troops in the sort to the south of Stanley later on in the war. Yeah. When they were uh, already about to win. Which, yeah. Yeah. Which was, uh, was pretty much all Welsh guys, but they apparently they allegedly, there were some Gurkhas in amongst them as well. Right. There was a, a unit, of, so, a small unit of Gurkha troops, which are Nepalese yeah. uh, mercenaries who work for the British army. And they're, they're very, very highly thought of. They're like, they're more British than British as far as the sort of British. Uh, uh, they're responsible for the security at all of the Queen's embassies. Yeah, there you go. And they have squiggly knives. They're fucking cool, right? Which, which uh, funny thing about a Gurkha, they do not unsheath them because if you unsheath it, you have to draw blood. Yeah. So they're like Klingons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they're these really small guys. And, and like... So the, I mean, maybe there's an element of truth to it, but it's not in any of the histories that I've read. But right. it was definitely. It was on BBC, on, yeah. Yeah. That the, these Argentine conscripts who were camping out in the foothills around Stanley would would just deserting in droves. I mean, I mean, this is that's got again, the hallmarks the, of a fake yeah. fucking story, yeah. dude. <laughs> because because the Gurkhas were sneaking into the camps at night and just slit, slit in the throats while they were sleeping. Right? If they use a spanking machine that, on them. Yeah, that, that's propaganda <laughs> that's aimed at, at the enemy as well as the home front as well, isn't it? Yeah. This is like oh yeah, yeah. Trying to demoralize the enemy and and buck up, your, pump up the tires of your own people at home. <clears throat> but so that was going on. Meanwhile, the. Marines and the Paras are walking along the top of this fucking mountain range. They Eagle Squad and Bear Squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got them. <laughs> and, and they basically engaged, they got engaged by the Argentines as they got to the mountaintops overlooking Stanley. And there was a, a lot of real nasty fucking peaks uh, fighting there. Yeah. Oh, oh and, yeah, and yeah. The, 
again, the they this whole thing about how bad the Argentine infantry was in general, according to a lot of the British histories I've read, that's propaganda as well, is that they fought really yeah. fucking hard and that they were good at it. Mm. But it was when they it was when they they didn't get disgusted by it until they got into Stanley and met the officers who were yeah, there was there wasn't an, there wasn't an officer to be fucking seen in up in the mountains when they were fighting. Right. Very Spanish style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The officers were drinking sangria in, uh, in Stanley. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they got a dead lady in a glass box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all admiring her. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, I, they expect that apparently the, some of the, some of the British people, some of the British officers who took, uh, Argentinian officers as prisoners weren't very gracious to them. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think it actually yeah. comes out that uh, it came out that the British like actually executed several um, uh, fucking. Uh, pe- oh, is that right? Uh, specifically, officers. Yeah, yeah. It came out later, and that's not something they crow about too loud. No. By the way. <laughs> yeah, there was there was. There'd been some nefarious shit going on, but basically stuff that the fragging type uh, shit, not like, not like, uh, you know, yeah, I think not really nasty stuff. The Argentinian troops had been told they were going to get murdered by the British uh, uh, and all that. And and they'd never be. But time and again, like, I think most of the battles ended with like the Argentinians, you know, they put up a good fight and all. And then, you know, they lost like 30, 50 troops per battle. But eventually the British got it to them. They'd be like, hey, do you guys want to like surrender? And they were like, yeah. "Yeah." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest, dude. I kind of want to go home. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's fun yeah. to use these American guns. Actually, no, they weren't. They were um, FALs. I forgot that oh. they were. Uh, yeah, is that Swiss, right? I don't know. I'm not a gun expert. That was French. F- yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Oh, Belgium. Oh, yeah. Belgium. It's Belgium. I think oh, FNs right. are. Okay. Yeah. So we got Let's to find before out. we finish. We got to cover the Exocet story because HMS Sheffield got blown up by an Exocet missile, which is a French missile launched from a Mirage jet which is a fucking excellent French supersonic jet that'll go over Mark II. And Belgium this called what, it. Yeah. This is what they were this is what they were flying from Punta Arenas. And but they the Argentinians only had eight of these missiles. And and so it was like I think they hit two sh- two or three sh- they hit a, they hit some supply ships with them as well, didn't they? Mm. In fact that's Ship with the Chinooks on it got hit by an Exocet. And so the Exocet was the major thing that the... It, I mean, it killed... They hit a lot of British shipping with those. Yeah. They used them well. They didn't miss much. Nope. But they had another, lo- they had another load on their way from France to them, and Spain managed to cut it off. Good eggs. So, yeah. That's another thing that... I mean, it's literally by the skin of the teeth that the British managed to do it. Once they, once they got the guys ashore and had a certain amount of air power in the area, I wouldn't say anybody had air 
Eh, superior. Definitely not. Say. That's kind of like what mm-hmm. the take home everyone sort of has yeah. from that was that like it was uh, specifically in the air. It was like a fucking man to man kind of. Uh, yeah. And also, like, it's very unusual in that it's it's a war that was decided by infantry. Yeah, that is true. At least in this era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very old fashioned. Because, I mean, fucking World War Two European front was mm-hmm. absolutely decided by infantry. Sure, yeah. Especially when you consider that this, these two islands don't have a lot of trees in terms of vegetation. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like a tundra. It's very yeah. flat. It reminds me a lot of like Newfoundland when you when you look at it. So right. your only cover are other hills and rocks. Yes. And you you know for someone who's hey Ricky, you got a big to- enough uh, sheep there, bud. <laughs> Get in the car. Yeah. We're gonna go to Port Henry. <laughs> so yeah, like it, that's a pretty tough way to fight because yeah. when they see you coming, they know you're coming, and yeah. they're just waiting for you to get into range. For sure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it was, it, it was very unpleasant by all accounts. Another thing that's we're not even talking about is the fact that they were that there was a UN resolution for a ceasefire that was in the works this whole time. So they kind of had a deadline on this. They could not fuck around because if the ceasefire yeah. happened before they had basically taken control of the of the island, it was like fuck it, yeah. we lost it. We're not going to get it now. Yeah, well, this was J- James Baker was setting the world on fire. Jetting from capital city to capital city to capital city, trying to stop this shit. Yeah, which I'd love to see an American Secretary of State doing that right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think honestly, shouts out, shouts out to James. Oh, he Baker. did to like to make sure that no one fucking didn't support Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. would get in a plane <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I honestly, you know, for all that, you, stop in Tel Aviv. You can speak about certain aspects of this in fucking... <laughs> You can you can speak about this in certain aspects as in a positive light, but at the end of the day, it's a load of young guys getting chewed up for football. Yes, for and, not and not it, a whole lot you know. of anything. Yeah. So I've got a lot of respect for James Baker for doing that, and for for Reagan for letting him do it. And uh, uh, you know, that's pretty cool to try and stop the whole fucking thing. Yes. Agreed. So, I mean, and uh, a couple of other interesting things. They, t- they tried, you know, the Entebbe raid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So, so the, the the British were really, really keen to stop these Mirage jets from coming over with their exosets because then it's easy. Yeah. Right. And the, but they couldn't. They could never do it. And but they they planned this raid based on the Entebbe raid. What they were going to do was take a helicopter and land it on the runway at. Punta Arenas, uh, set charges off and fuck the runway up and then take off again. That's what they were going to do. And mm. they were going to, I think they were going to set charges on whatever airplanes they could find as well uh, uh, and then get back in the helicopter and fuck off. Or even maybe just what actually happened was they got lost in the fog and they could, they didn't even get to Punta Arenas and they ended up like, uh, out of that's right because they didn't have enough fuel to get back. They were going to ditch the ditch the helicopter there and, and get taken prisoner or try and escape is mm-hmm. what they were going to do. They're going to try and escape into Chile. Well, they they did that operation, but without the bombing the air, airfield 
pop. Right. They just, yeah, the, the weather got too bad or they had too yeah. much ice that was forming. Yeah, so they ended up just ditching it. Uh, they had to ditch the helicopter and uh, walk to Chile. <laughs> Uh, and then there was a there was another. They tried to do another Vulcan bombing raid, and one of the Vulcans was like halfway there. Oh yeah, they actually did that with the Vulcans a few times. But on, on one of the runs, one of the Vulcans had to divert because it had something wrong with it, uh, and they ended up get, managing to land that in Chile. Mm. Oh yeah, this was a bit of a controversy yeah. as well, because yeah. they're like, "What were you doing there?" Yeah, they, they the special forces up. They just pretended it hadn't happened. They just yeah. denied it. But the but the uh, you, you can't really deny a fucking great big bomber sitting on the runway. No, you can't <laughs> in Patagonia. But yeah, they they basically Chile, although it was helping the British, they had to re- appear officially was officially neutral. Yeah. So they took... I they, mean, they... Listen, they agreed with the Pope that they would not go to war. I mentioned yeah. this. That'd be very, very <laughs> untoward towards their Catholic Church, of which they were pretty much a 100% fucking uh, adherence of. <laughs> but this is also speaks volumes to the quality of... I mean, we've talked about James Baker, but the, the quality of diplomacy on the British side was pretty fucking good as well. Because they got, you know... I mean, this is why Margaret Thatcher always loved Pinochet after this, right? And, and like, imagine a imagine a British government where it actually has a bit of loyalty to people, like, like. So uh, Thatcher was definitely an iconoclast in that respect. She definitely believed in in like honouring her personal, to, yeah, personal yeah. For relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the empire in the country doesn't feel that way, but. So the, they, the Chilean says, "Well, we've obviously we've got these guys in custody, and we've got the we've got control of the aircraft. It's on our airfield, and we're gonna, under the law, international laws, we've got to, we've got to keep them until the end of the conflict." And uh, they managed to negotiate. So that what happens then is you've got to have a tripartite negotiations. You've got to have Argentina, Great Britain, and Chile agree to a solution to this and if not then they just have to stay where they are which isn't too bad because they were just staying in a hotel eating caviar and <clears throat> drinking chile quinoa wine. if it's if it's chile yeah yeah, yeah. so but they um, they managed to negotiate that they would this air crew and the aircraft would be allowed to that get repaired and be flown back to Ascension Island, and then to, and then back to Bryce Norton, and it would it would stay in Bryce Norton until the end of the conflict, and that crew would not be used again. And they honoured it. That's also pretty fucking cool, isn't it? Yeah. They got the toys back, but they had to promise not to use them again, <laughs> and they and they honoured the promise. I mean, I just don't feel like we live in that world anymore. No. It just those guys are, those guys would probably end up getting fucking sh- lined up against the wall and shot now or something because the 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 diplomats wouldn't want to give an inch on anything. Oh, well, I mean, no, you can't tell me I can't use my plane. 
Well, that too, but also it's just like the the way that the fundamentally the way that they look at military conflict now is different. Like, you know, yeah. like then they could be used as like a propaganda. Now the propaganda comes first. Like the, the propaganda is more important than the war there. Yes. They would have to do a war to have propaganda or reason to have propaganda. Now, they, it doesn't matter what is going on in the war. They're just going to say we're winning. We're fucking kicking ass. Well, I, Putin, I said, Putin's I said, literally yeah. pooping his pants of cancer. Yeah. Uh, so I, I said years ago, I said a year ago, if you recall, Scott, that yes. Uh, the you know the empire wouldn't care worth a shit. Yeah, if everyone believed if Russia was in control of all of Ukraine, as long as the TV said it wasn't. It's literally. It's, I mean, it's that's not quite true, but it's like it's almost to that point. As, as long as the narrative well, they, is they, what if, they want if, it to be, if Russia fine. controlled it, they would just be like, "Well, we're actually in control of it." Yeah. <laughs> it's not more important but they will do that <laughs> anyone who's anyone anyone who says anyone who says russia is in control of ukraine is a russian spy yeah and is also uh, attacking our democracy and yeah. uh pee pee poo poo yeah as well <laughs> but so, uh yeah i think that's a pretty good summation of it when you say oh they won the British won, yeah. yeah. The British won. <laughs> they went to Port Henry. The- they went to Port Henry, and uh, it was actually I, th- I think when they got there, there was no fighting. It was actually just like a surrender. Yeah, Port Stanley. That's mm-hmm. what I said. Did I say that? Said Henry. What? A- oh yeah, Port Henry. My bad. Yeah, Port yeah, Stanley. They, they, so, yeah, one of the best things about it is that nobody got minced in. Uh, they did bombard Port Stanley, but I mean, I'm only going from accounts from the royal navy on this but i mean civilians didn't get killed yeah. so their bombardment must have been pretty good because they didn't hit any didn't hit anybody's house or anything right a little postscript on this though and this is like all wars being futile ultimately There's the this- argentinians did in several of the different settlements though take all the people and round them up and make they them did, yeah. they had one they stayed in, had to stay in a gymnasium and stuff yeah. like that so even though people will be like, oh, that, you know, that's bad. It probably we, saved a lot of lives. Are you well, saying like they this... concentrated them in one place? Yeah, I mean, I I, get it. I wouldn't be happy about it if it was happening to me. But, like, I honestly, I mean, the, the, they're, they're indicting Putin on war crimes of evacuating children from an area that's being bombarded yeah. by artillery. Like, you know, it's, yeah, you could. Oh, the war, war crime, crime is being anti-gay. Let's just yeah. get this fucking yeah. straight. Let's it's nothing to do with anything he's doing in the war. It's that they aren't yeah, yeah, literal yeah, yeah. Yeah, tranny I'm, lovers. The, yeah, but I'm just using this as an illustration. <laughs> like, so is is putting people in temporary concentration camps bad? Yeah, but it's better than them getting minced by artillery, isn't it? Yeah, it uh, is. So, I mean, fair play to him. But yeah, there's a, a little postscript to it, and this is bizarre that I stumbled across this. Look at, I thought I wanted to look up some new racist words that I'd never heard before. Right. So okay. there's a website. I can't remember what website. My interest it is. is peaked. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I looked up. I mean, I, I, I was looking on this 
on this website which li- which claimed to list every racist. Oh, I oh I were we like looking at that off air recently? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. is that what you got you on it? Yeah. Uh, what was yeah. I gonna say? I, I can can I make a prediction of what this is gonna be? Is it gonna be a pejorative term for guys who live on the Falklands Islands? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, well lay it on me. What is it? So first of all, you need to do a Google images search for Benny from Crossroads. Okay. Just type in Benny from Crossroads. So there's a, a popular TV show in England in the in the 70s and 80s soap opera called Crossroads, and one of the characters in it wore a, a woolly hat, and it was he was a handyman at a motel. That's it. That yeah. Yep. So that guy, right? And the British, all the British service, basically the as as you would imagine after the conflict, it's still occupied by a lot of British forces and the Falkland Islanders don't care for that very much. Right. So there was, a, it, it all blew up at one point. It still in the eighties, I think that the Falkland Islanders complained to the, whoever was in command of the whole thing about the fact that it had come to their attention that all the British forces referred to them as Benny's right? <laughs> because they all looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> So, mark the sequel. The order was given that it was it was now insubordination and punishable by court martial to refer to Falkland Islanders as Bennies. So, <laughs> they call them Stills now because they still, still look like Benny. They're still Bennies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, leave it up to the military to come up with the yeah. best. <laughs> Nothing yeah. funnier than military humor, is there? <laughs> um, I guess that's where we should leave it. Uh, Skipper, yeah. thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I'll also, I have to say this because we didn't talk before the show, but thank you for your service. Yeah. Um, thank you for being worth serving. <laughs> thank you. I, I'd like to think of myself as that, but I thank you for saying it. Um, what's it called? Uh, and also, what would you like to promote to the listeners of History Homos? Uh, well, I do my own show, Veteran Nation. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, I'm also on Right America Media and a New Right Network. So uh, check out our show on there. I do it with a co-host, uh, T.C. Pearson. He has his own show that he does by himself, Minnesota Black Rope Regiment. And we're couple military guys we talk a lot about history and uh you know these type of things as well uh we generally do stick with um you know more topical stuff for today but we'll absolutely dive in so if anyone's interested check us out we're nice. we're all over on there yeah there's, I, there's an episode featuring yours truly right yeah i saw Absolutely that i saw shit that faced i was drinking while i was i wasn't all that bad when i started but it was my night off and i was actually drinking on the show very <laughs> unprofessional i apologize i had to love a couple of the comments where people were like hey how many times does he say cunt or one guy <laughs> i'm just here for the first arse <laughs> <laughs> so i like can i ask though uh so you said it's t- more topical stuff so what are you guys all over the ukraine stuff right now uh, we've talked about Bakhmut it. We uh, yesterday we did our live show. We talked yesterday about uh, there's a a bill called defending the guard, which is oh yeah, uh, making it so the national guard can't be called to a foreign war unless the U.S. Congress actually declares, declares war. war. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that's making its way around. So we've talked about uh, that's, that. A that's of starting times. to take off, isn't it? That this this season, yeah, this legislative it, season. 
Arizona State Senate. It was the first one to take it up, and it passed uh, just uh, two days ago. So Sweet. Uh, hopefully more states will pick this up. Uh, I would actually like to see this to be an amendment to the Constitution, first one since 1993, hopefully. Yeah, well, I mean, at least Arizona National Guard can't be deployed to bullshit. I'm going to bet Massachusetts that. is short in short order next, by the way. So <laughs> they it's always get in on this issue. stuff. You know, it's a bipartisan issue. I think Democrats, yeah. Republicans, uh, if yeah. you're not a war hawk, you're going to support it. If you're a war hawk, you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to take away from the president's yeah, know, options. The National uh, Guard but, is there for when you have a hurricane or something. It's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, to secure the also, fucking border. There's a lot of issues of military readiness that come into to yeah. play with it. So uh, most people, most military veterans I know are very supportive of it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, we appreciate the work you're doing. Anything else you want to promote? Your social media tags or handles or whatever? Uh, let's see. I'm on Truth Social. I'm uh, Veteran Nation there. Based. I'm on Instagram. We're Vet Nation Show on Instagram. Uh, we do have our Facebook group, uh, Veteran Nation. Uh, so if you're on Facebook, go in there. Just... And we're just kind of all over the place with our social media. I do have I do have to say we are now a nonprofit as well. Nice. Uh, and anyone who cool. wants to support us, they can buy they can donate directly or buy merchandise at VeteranNationFoundation.com. Right. Okay. And yeah, I just want to go out of my I, I, I don't want anyone to think I was being even slightly sarcastic when I said thank you for your service. Uh, I just got to say I'm of the age of all the same guy. I like all my high school friends are veterans of Iraq and stuff and Afghanistan. And it, it's 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 been tough for a lot of them. I'll say that much. Um, and uh, it's it sucks for me to see not just people who are my friends, but just knowing that, you know, and if a different circumstance, I might have might have been me as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got nothing but respect for the uh, men in military uniform. Um, definitely more so than the cops. Um, <laughs> anyone who follows us, we're going to be anti-corruption. We're going to share a lot of military memes. That, so if there you want to laugh, yeah, we'll, it is we'll a good follow, actually. Yeah, I follow you on Instagram. Um, so yeah, anyway, for us, uh, t uh, yeah, t dot me slash history homos, t dot me slash history homos chat. Come join the Telegram chat and meet the people who uh, Skipper is going to be guarding us in the prison uh, yeah. with. <laughs> Um, um, but uh, hey, wait a minute! If you're a non-profit, does that mean you're CIA? <laughs> Are you moving to join? No, that's I am NGO. Open to any donors? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah. So, um, and also, you know, find us wherever podcasts are found, and uh, most importantly, www.rockfin. That's r o k f i n dot com slash history homos, and you can get this episode, all of our back episodes, and you also get access to our bonus catalog if you donate a small fee and uh yeah we get a once a weekly bonus episode and sometimes live streams lots of fun so uh that's the best way to support the show so other than that uh oh follow us across social media at history homos pod um yes. and other than that die with dignity william what would you like to say to the people the lady is not for turning mate later homos 